Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Peter Pan, wedding dress shopping, is metal or liquid, holding an owl and car stereos. Now, Lippy. Hello. Hello, indeed. Last week, we spoke about misquotes from films. Somehow, we ended up on a track of the opening scenes for Disney films and Tinkerbell. Mm. Yes, Tinkerbell. Well, I did a little bit of research into it, having very blazonly suggested that Peter Pan's wasn't a Disney film until quite late. In fact, it was 1953 it was made, which is about 50 years earlier than I thought. And it's testimony, I think, to the early Disney films is they don't date. They don't don't age at all. They they look as fresh now as they did. No, not at all. Did back then. And I also mentioned about Great Ormond Street Hospital and the copyright. And I was correct Mm. about that. And apparently the copyright design and patent office has extended copyright because it expires after a certain period of time to forever or in wow. perpetuity. yeah good. which is good so any production mm. of peter pan some funding goes to great ormond street hospital which is a is a really nice legacy to amazing, leave yeah, yeah it is absolutely i then slightly deviated into the whole tinkerbell thing and yeah. i really wish i hadn't Clearly, it has been there in the past, but there was a massive discussion about whether she went clockwise or anti-clockwise, and what colour the stars were and all sorts, at which point I said, danger, Will Robinson, and and backed out very quickly. Don't start it. No, 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 don't don't go there. No, not going there. Moving on. She flies up and round and then taps the top. I I don't know, and I'm not going to discuss it any further, because there was some quite quite scary behaviour. People do get very into things like that. Oh, they did. Yes. One of the one mm. of the things that I've been involved in the last week or so is, is making Christmas trees from old horseshoes. And I managed to yes, locate some from yeah. eBay. But I was quite keen to get hold of a free supply of them. So I put a note out on our Facebook community page. And very, very nice farrier, Sean Roach in Cranley, supplied us with uh, enough to build many many christmas trees which was quite nice however the conversation did deteriorate slightly because i put an example a photo of an example on the page and we've got the horseshoes upside down apparently which is bad luck yeah obviously. there was a fair few comments about that and a fair few on the market stall as well interestingly when you look into the story apparently originally they were with the prongs downwards so the reverse of what we would normally think is the norm and this was because the devil coming up for the bowels of the earth wouldn't be able to sit on them because it would be uncomfortable for whatever reason he chooses to yeah. do that. However, the church weren't very happy with that because of the shape of it. So they suggested to turn it upside down the other way up and say that that way it fills up with luck. So it was the church what changed it. But I also think, surely it'd be easier to sit on a prong than it would be to sit on a rounded top. There's, there's a lot to discuss here. And I don't propose to do it on a podcast, <laughs> not least of which is how do you feel luck, which doesn't really have any substance in an object that essentially is 2D. Yes. So how do you do that? Some parts of the country... There's no sides. It won't hold it no, in. No, exactly. No, it's not a cup. It's a horseshoe. 
Yeah. You might be able to balance a bit of this imaginary <laughs> substance in there. A tiny, tiny bit, though, right on the Yeah, bottom. but we have no concept of how diluted luck is. Good point. Anyway, some parts of the country Bad have point. it upside down anyway, or point down, because they believe as you walk mm. through the doorway, the luck in this now upside-down horseshoe falls on the person walking through. Makes sense. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. It is So nonsense. whichever way you have it, you're wrong to somebody. Exactly. It's a bit like... Somebody thinks you're wrong. Clotting cream and jam on your scone, and which order they go in. And in fact, if you call it a scone or a scone, I'm pleased yes. that... Uh, I had that debate on the Sunday. The UK is full of these idiosyncrasies, but it is quite frustrating at times. Yeah, when you're just trying to find out a bit of information. Well, when you're just trying to raise a bit of money <laughs> for no the local Lions the Club, answer. and not cause a riot on yeah. Facebook <laughs> by allegedly putting them upside down. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to you've been shopping this week. I did. The most exciting shopping trip I've ever been to. I went wedding dress shopping. That's fantastic. I say it's Um, fantastic because I Not only did I go wedding dress shopping. Yes, you didn't go. But not only did I go wedding dress shopping, I bought my wedding dress. That's brilliant. I actually managed to decide. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not stressful. The place I went was absolutely amazing and the lady was so lovely and really like good at, she's obviously been doing it for years and just really good at like picking, pulling dresses out and being like, okay, now put this one back on just to check that you definitely didn't like that one. And and she was amazing. So she definitely made the whole process a lot easier, but I can see how people end up shopping for months and months because there's just so many different styles and types of lace and glitter and no glitter and then all the different fails, like it's just too much. Like you could just spend months looking and still not make a decision. So I feel like if I'd left the store without buying it, I probably would have been a bit stressed. Yes, I would have thought so. But you didn't. Yes. So it was all good. And you had I did Prosecco. And I found my dress, yes. I, <laughs> I went in. So it went in. They had just got new carpet, so they asked everyone to take their shoes off. Obviously, mum and co were late because that wasn't as shocking as I probably I think it was a bit further than initially. they thought it was. I'd had I'd had multiple conversations about how far away it is and then how far the walk was ah. from the car park to the shop that it was well known it was well sorry it was well put across how far away it was i just don't think it was fully taken no. in no i suspect not <laughs> and we know mum likes to take her own routes places as well she know she goes the way she likes to drive not the way the sat nav tells you is the quickest way to go well generally it's an odd combination between google and or google maps and Wife of Grumpy's chosen, and knowledge. which is fine, and a bit yeah. of knowledge, but we have had yeah. some quite catastrophic errors in the navigation department. Also, there was a, an accident, apparently, roadworks, there was some big kerfuffle. Anyway, so they were late, so I went ahead because I didn't want to be late to the appointment, and so I went in, had to take my shoes off because they had new carpet, walked around, she was like, oh, do you want anything to drink? So me thinking, oh, it's quarter past 10, I'll have a coffee. So I asked for a coffee and she said, oh no, I'm really sorry, we can't, we don't serve any drinks that aren't clear. So like coffee, if someone spilled a bit on a dress or they spilled a bit on the new carpet, fully makes sense. So I just went, oh, I'll just have a Prosecco then (laughs) at quarter past 10 in the morning. Well, that's not exactly clear, is it? I suppose it won't leave a stain though. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you spilled it on the dress, they could wash it off, wash off the smell. Yes, true. Yeah. 
rather than if it was like a coffee it's it's going to take a lot more cleaning to get the actual coffee out it was a very lovely day to be honest i really enjoyed myself and i felt like an absolute princess excellent well that's how it's supposed to be and there were quite a few tears i think there was at this end when i saw the uh <laughs> the transaction go through <laughs> Did you? <laughs> it was under budget actually well, it was under your budget <laughs> <laughs> I have bought cars for yes, a lot less. my budget for the dress. <laughs> you've bought cars for less than everything. Pretty much, Like, yeah. you've bought cars for less than a, probably a Freddo. Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> At least the multi-box of Freddos. Yes, thank you for dropping those off the other weekend. They didn't last very long, though. Did they not? No, definitely not. And brownies. Yes. I oh, delivered yeah, brownies yeah. to you on Sunday, yeah. too. See, it was worth spending all that money on a dress. <laughs> I could have spent them on Freddos. Or brownies. So is that everything done now for a while? No. What's next? Basically, the only things we've got left to do is we're waiting for the band to send our contract through. But we've picked them. So we just need to sign the contract and pay the deposit for them. And then the same for the pizza van. Oh, okay. So not much. And then that's it. Brilliant. Yeah, we've booked. We did a booking spree yesterday. And we nailed down all of the people we had decided on. Magician is booked. Brilliant. Uh, who else is booked? Makeup. Yeah. Good. Everyone, really. So just two more to go. And then and then that's probably it until next, this time next year. Yes. When we start yeah. eat, trying food and stuff. Yeah, food and then make sure you can fit in the dress. Oh, don't. I, um, I get my fittings eight weeks before the wedding. Oh, that'd be right. And then that's when they take it in. So I shouldn't change much within the eight weeks. And I bought the size up. Oh, okay. Because I was in between sizes, so I was like, obviously I'm going to go up rather than down and yeah. stress myself out about yeah, the yeah. fact that I might not fit. Well, it's, it's a lot easier to take stuff in, so I'm told, than expand. Yes, and then try and add fabric to it whilst keeping it look the same. So we went a size up to reduce stress levels. Good. That is the whole that is the correct theme of plan. the wedding. Is <laughs> reduce stress. <laughs> reduce stress levels. Slightly different subjects. I had a very productive Saturday with two mates producing these Christmas tree, no, horseshoe Christmas trees. Yes. And which involved a fair bit of welding, which I love doing. I love the sound, I love the smell and, and the result of it. I don't like burning my fingers, though. That's the only thing. But I didn't manage to do that this time. Anyway, when I'm doing it, I was thinking, some, some years ago, I read an article suggesting that glass was a liquid, which we'll come on to in a minute. The glass was glass a liquid? Glass is a liquid. In actual fact, it's called, it's an amorphous solid. So it's a state somewhere between liquid and solid. Because the thing is, you can melt it down and, yeah, it is, it's really interesting. It's a really odd thing, glass. Very odd indeed. My mind is slightly blown. Yes. But one of the reasoning behind it, if you look at old glass in old buildings, then it tends to be a bit thicker at the bottom, almost like it's melted, mm. which sort of leads you to believe it's actually a liquid rather than a solid. Anyway, well, I was thinking, you know, doing this welding, which is very, very hot at the point of, of the weld, but it, you are actually liquefying the metal. So I then got thinking, is it, yes. is that the same? Is metal actually a liquid? Now, mercury is liquid room temperature the metal that you'd have in an old-fashioned thermometer i don't think of anymore but we did when i was a kid so there, i know what you mean yeah so there are metals that are liquid sort of room temperature but it turns out not for some reason it doesn't follow the same rules so because you have to superheat it that's interesting because based on the same on that same theory it would be a liquid you would have thought so wouldn't you but for some reason glass mm. is this sort of state between being liquid and solid 
So it's neither one or the other. Interesting. It is interesting. And I wonder who comes up with these definitions, because I don't see the difference between glass, which is clearly a, yeah, solid enough. Solid. Uh, yeah, at mm. uh, normal temperatures, or our normal temperature, as is most metal. But you can heat up metal to cast it. Think of gold ingots, for example, which are heated up at a relatively low heat and and then mm. remade. Yes, just a Saturday afternoon musing that was. So if you have any yes. any thoughts on that, I think this is probably one for the screaming tomato. He'll no doubt go into a yeah. <laughs> into a research frenzy at this point. I look forward to hearing from him. Now somebody sent me a link to a gentleman known as the Pedalin Picasso. So there's one of those alliterations that we, we love so much. And it's a gentleman called Anthony Hoyt, who's been cycling in London. And the shape of the map that he's left is the shape of a head with a, or a man's head with a moustache. And he's done it for Movember, <laughs> which obviously is in, it was drawing to a close. Oh, so he's it? done it purposefully. Oh my God. When you said yeah a man's head with a moustache i was thinking like like a smiley face type no no it's like a like that is like a full-on human head it is it is astonishing he must have planned this very very well very well oh he does say it was harder than he thought and it took him three months to plan it planet rather because he would have had to stop and start in the right places impressive yeah so as of Two days ago, he'd raised three and a half thousand pounds. Oh no, just under four thousand pounds. Wow! And he's raising it for November. How long did it take him to do? Does it? Did he say? Oh, there's a question. Oh, eight hours and twenty-seven I can't minutes. He did that in one. He did it yeah. in one day. Yeah, yeah, so he used Strava. I guess you have to, don't you, for Strava? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so he, he for it to track it. the whole. Did it in one go. So presumably, he didn't turn it off and back on again. But then, how does it randomly stop? Imp- I'm very uh, yeah, impressed. Yeah, I'm very impressed too. But you've now got a Fitbit, haven't you? So you could do something not dissimilar. I do. <laughs> mm, we'll see. The reason, the main reason I got the Fitbit is to just help my hypochondria calm itself down a bit. But then I realised today, because it came today and I was really excited and I had it on. And then every hour it tells me to get up yes. and do some moving. Yes. Have you turned that off now? Which I'd forgotten that they do that. You can turn that no, off. No, because I think once I'm... Yeah, once I'm in my new job, won't come up as often because I be, will be moving around a bit more. And then if it does come up when I'm in my new job, I'll take that as a sign to have a break <laughs> okay. and get up and like go okay. and get a cup of tea yes. or go to the loo, just like do some movement, yeah. you know. So I've left it on there for now. But I've also realised, well, I kind of already know this, but since working at home, my average steps on a day is like 100 Yes, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Not even that. No. Mm. Especially that my toilet's downstairs, I don't have to walk upstairs. Yeah, that's very true, actually. It's very close, isn't it? I had a cheapy one for a couple of years, and it went through a couple of straps, and you can't buy the straps anymore, so it had to go. And one of the most useful things I found about it was the alarm, the buzzy alarm, doesn't wake mm. wife or grumpy up in the morning. So I was able to get up and uh, without disturbing them at a loud alarm clock. And I really missed that. Yeah, so I did buy another one. This one seems to be a little more optimistic on steps than the old one was. So I seem to cover more in a day than I would, would have done previously. So which one's right? Interesting, because I've been checking it against my phone one. But then I thought, obviously, my phone's been on all day. Yeah. Whereas I only put this on at about two o'clock. 
Also, I don't take my phone every time I stand up. I'll leave it on the table and like go and make a cup of tea and then come and sit back down. I wouldn't take my phone with me to do that. So it's hard to judge. So I'm just going to go off the fact that I've done, how many have I done? 146 steps since two o'clock this afternoon. Somehow I've done 1,901 today. Mm. Yeah, which does seem a little bit, little bit on the high side. I tried to see if there was a way to find this, like how it measures a step because it's on my wrist, not my ankle. And is it tracking my distance and then working out how many steps that takes? Because if it's doing that, then I have quite a, a large step. Yes, yes. Where mine are quite stumpy steps, as wife Grumpy always says. <laughs> so maybe that's something I need to look into. How many, what, how do they measure yeah, a step? I, I don't think it's a very exact science. There'll be some sort of accelerometer in there. Yours, I mm-hmm. suspect, would be more accurate than mine, which was a very cheap one. It wasn't. Uh, yes, well, I got 20% off mine. I still would have been a lot cheaper. Sorry, mine would have been a lot cheaper than the others bit. Yeah. And I only ordered it yesterday and it came today, so how good. great is that? Very good indeed. Mine somehow seems to be able to do blood pressure as well, which seems highly unlikely, as it doesn't have a cuff. But it does sort of whir away and come back with a figure which isn't too far from what it actually I is. I guess it's... But it can't it possibly do it. It uses an estimate of your heart rate and... Oh, well, maybe that's why it's so low, because my heart rate is generally very low. Oh, what's your heart rate? Let's do heart rates and then... I'll have a look at my phone, because it does the, the average. This is very exciting podcasting, and no mistake. <laughs> so my average today has been 70, and the lowest, 49. Ooh, 49's quite low, I know. My average is 51. Oh, that's still low. That's very low. But you haven't moved. You've only done 10 mm. steps. No, I don't move a lot. And also, I'm an athlete. Don't forget. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so my resting heart rate is a lot lower than the average person. Yes, yes well, that's what I say. <laughs> Mine also does temperature. My current well. heart rate is 56. Temperature? Yeah. Fortunately, it's got an alarm on it. So if it goes above 37.3, it starts bleeping, which it did on Saturday. For some reason, it just started buzzing because it would... Yeah, very odd. 37.3 is not that high, though. Well, again, my temperature's generally lower. It's normally low 36s. Mm. Anyway, moving on from medical facts yes. and figures. So I saw a post this week on the socials from the mm. young man that taught me how to drum, who's an exceptionally good drummer and an exceptionally good teacher as well. And I think he's been a bit caught up with the whole COVID thing, where he's touring, or was touring, with his band called Vambo. They were sort of a heavyish rock type band. Very, very good. Uh, but he was also playing drums for the lead group as well. So he was double drumming for the uh, the live, which is quite quite an achievement. Anyway, he sent this picture. That's impressive. From Money Heist, The Experience. For those of you who haven't seen it, Money Heist is a Spanish series that's been shown on Netflix. And I think we're due to get the last mm, half. Yes. It seems to come in very odd chunks but it has been it's a brilliant story and it's brilliantly filmed and though it's dubbed you wouldn't know it at all it's very well done so this money heist experience presumably there's actors involved you rob a bank as part of it which i think is a brilliant thing and i'd love to do it that is yeah cool. and it was a great picture of him with his girlfriend with that I'd stack like of gold bars all over the place which is yeah. quite good <laughs> so it's up in london and and it just looks fabulous absolutely fabulous 
Uh, it does say you have to wear a mask, but I'm not sure whether they mean the mask that was shown in the f- the series or sort of a breathing mask because of COVID. I feel like this would really fulfil my dreams of wanting to be a criminal, but also not wanting to actually be a criminal. Well, yes, if it's like me, you quite fancy the idea of pulling a bank job, but don't want to get put in prison. Yeah. There was a yes, 100%. <laughs> great film in the 70s called Westworld, which I think was a series recently on one of the American channels. And in that, they were all robots. Oh, there's all robots in there. And there's Western World and other various mm. bits. And you could, you could have a, you could stage a bank robbery and you could shoot at the robots and they would over and be rebuilt again the next night. And I always thought that was such a good idea that you could go and play out that yeah. desire to rob something just for the thrill Fantasy. of it. And it looks like you can. So maybe that's something we should to look at next year. A hundred percent. I feel like we should all give it a go. Maybe we should split up into teams and make it... Um, make it competitive. Make it a competition. Well, yeah. I don't know whether it is the robbers and the police, whether there's two sides to it. Well, it says there's actors. So I feel like the actors are probably the police. No, you need to show have somebody show you what to do or at least lead you in the direction. Up to seven actors for every 20 people will represent a multitude of characters blurring the boundaries between fiction and reality. God, I really want to do this. <laughs> hey, so, well, maybe we'll do it and see, see how long it runs for, maybe next year. Yeah, let's give it a go. Yeah, so I'll stick a link to that, let's but that does look like an awful lot of fun, I have to say. And talking of fun... You've been holding owls, of all things. I have. It was so random. Like, I don't feel like I've ever held an owl before in my life. Like, I know you can go to Bird World, but I don't feel like they let you hold the owls there, do they? Well, you were very young when we went. I don't remember it at all well, actually. No. So, yeah, considering, like, I feel like holding an owl is quite a unique experience. And I did it on a random Sunday at wedding fair and didn't even know it was gonna they were gonna be there. <laughs> and when I we went, it was still quite quiet. We went quite early. And the lady did say, Oh, I wasn't gonna do this, I wasn't gonna let people hold them. But she had offered, so I was like, Yeah, yes. absolutely. So I had a snowy owl, one of the little cute ones, had the glove on and the owl, and I was stroking it. It was flicking its head around. It was really cute. It was so soft, but they are very creepy. The the way their heads turn are a little bit Mm. unnatural, I would have said. Yeah, and they stare as well because I know they have amazing eyesight and they're staring at you and I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, it's creepy. And then they had another owl there as well, but a massive one. I don't know what breed of owl it was, but... It was huge, and Chris was a bit scared of it. Big flappy things do tend to. Freak it was quite me out. falcon looking, big claws. Yes, I don't think there's a big jump between very large owls and then looking at hawks. You know, they're both birds of prey. Yeah. How exciting! Creepy. creepy. Yeah, it was very exciting for a random Sunday afternoon. Yes, although it does sound like an episode of Adam Partridge, where he goes to the owl sanctuary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a very, very odd stuff. <laughs> there was no weirdness with the owls. <laughs> Glad to hear it. The guy I worked with many years ago mm. had a hawk that he would fly two or three times a week, which he said mm. was, was great fun. Fancy? Yes, very fancy. Yes, I don't know whether he was training it to do anything, but seemed to enjoy it. And we've had them at our carnival a few times, mm. sort of birds of prey, and there was, yeah, very exciting. They're not something you see very often in the wild. Well, we got at least one red kite 
in hours flying over the oh the owls oh the owls yeah we used to have one you could hear mm. I haven't heard it for for a good while so yeah they, they mm. really are quite uh, quite spectacular creatures well we almost booked them but they were quite expensive and also we thought it is a bit weird <laughs> it is a little odd yes it's something you might book for a child's birthday but for a wedding that does seem a bit yeah, slightly not strange not so much a wedding because they don't do the thing because I've had it before where I used to work where you could hire an owl to fly the rings down the oh, wow. aisle. Sort of Harry Potter which style. Which is awesome. Yeah, but they don't do that. So I was like, oh, we, then no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be quite cool. Because I thought if they did do that, then that would be really cool, yeah. to be fair. Like, just all of a sudden, we wouldn't have told anyone, just make it a surprise, this owl just swoops in. I, I could just see a whole load of stuff going wrong. That's the only thing. Including Chris having a panic attack. Yeah, probably not the best thing. <laughs> Yes, I'm not good with flapping birds. And we had a, had a very odd noise in the house last week, so here working. And it sounded like the window cleaner. And I thought, but he came last week. So either he's back again, which is unlikely, or there's something very odd. Mm. It stopped, so I sort of carried on. And then it started again. I thought, I've got to look, find what this noise is. And then it was in your bedroom, and there was two blue tits heard come in through the fan light, which wasn't massively open, and then was no. obviously struggling to get out because all they're doing is banging into the glass. Yeah. So mindful that although our cat is old, it's still very capable of uh, yeah, try. attacking yeah. attacking the birds. So I, I shut the door and then opened the other window and the fan light completely and then pulled the curtains shut and just thought, I'm just going to leave them for half an hour and see what happens. Went back about mm. half an hour later and they were gone. Anyway, next day, exactly the same thing, except one of them's <laughs> learned and the other one hasn't. So there was one in there and he wasn't going to go this time. They obviously thought there was something in there that they could eat, maybe. I, or I don't Something know. attracted them to going in. They look quite young because they were still fluffy. It's a good sign. So just done. And obviously, we've got that tree right outside that window. So I think yeah. you know, it's just, they've just hopped from one, one of the branches onto it. But this time I had to get a magazine, got the bird on the magazine and then operate a lift system to then get it out of the, the fanlight window, which fortunately worked. Because if it had flapped in my face, I would have screamed and ran out of the room. I just, <laughs> just stood like flapping in front of my face. Just, just really, really. Did you not go into the back, back cave then that we went to? At- yes, but the difference is bats won't fly into your face. Birds will fly into your face. No, but they fight very close to your face. They do, but they're not going to hit you in the face. And that's that's why I'm yeah. a bit wary of them. Yeah, the bats are long leads. Yes, that was that was quite something. Particularly the gentleman behind us who held his child up in front of his head to protect him, which a bit of a, <laughs> <laughs> bit of a telling them. sign there, I would have said. <laughs> Somebody in the last weeks recommended a TV series called the which I relatively enjoyed. But one of the opening scenes are these very odd stone satellite dishes. And you know what I'm like with radar mm. and radio. If there's a, a connection, then yes. Uh, yes, I'm very interested in that. Anyway, these are on Romney very Marsh in Kent. And they were built during the war to try and detect aircraft. And, okay. uh, and there's this, this odd sort of wall that looks almost like an auditorium, which I guess is what they were trying to do. So these things are called sound mirrors. And they're made from concrete. They called them listening ears and range in size from 20 to 200 foot. 
built between 1928 and 1930. They were part of our national defence strategy. And the idea is that they pick up the sound of the enemy aircraft before it got within bombing range and they could do something about it. They're very interesting. They're still standing oh, and still complete. They're not, mm. not eroded at all. So I quite like a trip down there. I wonder there. if they still work. Uh, be interesting to see if they're a little bit like Whispering Towers, pause, where you can, somebody whispers on one side and you hear them on the other, whether there's get somebody to shout at one end and see if you can hear it at the other. Oh, they planned to destroy them in 1939. Yes, they, they didn't. But I guess radar then took over, so they were a bit superfluous. But they're very odd, almost like the monolith in um, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Just mm. in the middle of the countryside, there's these slabs of concrete that are a very odd shape. So, yeah, so if you like radar and radio and such things, and if you have a mobile phone, yeah, then you should do, then, uh, yes, yeah, so then you'll find that quite interesting. I shall stick a link to that. Yeah. I came across a, I'm not sure if meme is really the right phrase for this, but it's a picture of Rick Mayle. And I assume this is one of his quotes, which says, I may be gloriously stupid, but if it helps people forget the grimness of reality, then I'm happy. Which is a strap line. Perhaps yeah. one that we should use for this podcast. Dear old Rick Mayle, miss him a lot. He was a very comic gen- I like that quote. Yeah, I like that quote too. Now, some weeks ago, we talked about the Nissan Gloria, which had a almost, oh, yeah, almost lounge standard hi-fi in it. I found one that's bigger. Mm. So this is from a Mercedes. I'm guessing it's the 1980s. And it is a four-component system. So you've got a, radio, a cassette player at the top, and underneath, I'm guessing that's a radio, Underneath that, you've got an amplifier with a graphic equaliser. And then under that, you've got a visual indication of something or other. It's not turned on in this photo. I mean, it's very clearly... Base? Well, it presumably shows the levels at each at different frequencies. So mm. a graphic equaliser without the equaliser bit. That looks like a full DJ mixing It, it does. And it's square. even got little metal handles on each end of the uh, each component as well. But it takes up virtually yeah. all of what is quite a large centre console in a Mercedes. That really is quite remarkable. So I shall include a, a picture on, on that. But you'll be pleased to know that's the only car-related facts week. Woo! <laughs> now, oh, I do have something else that's quite interesting. Delivery of yes. some compost last week at the allotment. And um, gentlemen there ordered a... Oh, yes. We had, a, I think, a truck and a half load. So this stuff turned up. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It was. 220 bags on the first day, which is about four and a half tonnes of this stuff. It turns out we'd ordered so much, it's all come from the Royal Horse Guards. So it's all Royal Horse, horse Poop. You got fancy poop. Fancy poop. And it was still warm. The bags were warm. It was no. lovely. <laughs> warm? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, no, it's composting down. Pretty, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was very easy. Yeah, they would have taken it straight off the pile, wouldn't they? Uh, well, it would have rotted down. So you can use it straight away. You can't put just deposited horse poo on a, on the ground and let it no. rot for 12 the months. stuff from the bottom. Yeah, well, they would have churned around. But they said how many lorries got there a day. It was a phenomenal number. So. Yeah, so that's the compost wow. centre in Woking. Wow. It was a... Not just any old compost. Not any compost, and it was £3 a bag for a 20 Royal kilo bag. compost. Yeah, very good indeed. Is that quite cheap? Yes. I don't really know how much compost it costs, It's very, very honest. good. Stuff I've had. Yeah. Other places come with weeds in it, which... That's all. Anyway, have you got a top tip? I do have a top tip. 
pretty basic top tip. My top tip would be to get a Fitbit to tell you to stand up <laughs> when you've been sat down for too long. It's very handy, to be honest. Yes, I think it probably is. Keep you moving. Yes. I th- yeah. yeah. I turned it on mine for about an hour and then got irritated with it and turned it off again. Well, well done for keeping it on. <laughs> it's only if I haven't moved within an hour. Yes, I, I'm not sure how good mine was at working that out. Mm, so if I've stood up and walked somewhere, then it didn't yeah. go off. So it's only gone off once. Okay, that's pretty good. Since I put it on at two, so that's quite Have good. you got it turned off overnight? Yeah, so it, it goes on to a do not disturb yeah. and no notifications okay. come through and then it just tracks your sleeping. Well, I have a geography-related fun fact this week. Ooh! In 1659, France and Spain ended the Franco-Spanish War by signing the Treaty of the Pyrenees. They did so on neutral territory, which was an island called Pheasant Island. Part of the agreement was that the two countries would share custody of Pheasant Island, which still stands true today. Six months of the year, the island is part of France, and for the other six, it's part of Spain. Do people live on this island? Because that must be very confusing. No, it is uninhabited. Isn't it? It's, it's very ah. small. It's about 200 metres long. It's not very big, and it's in the uh, Bidadosa River. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting indeed. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.